0: Talks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing carbon assessment startup Planet Forward and Driscoll's Rosé Berries
1: back just in time for summer. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtalks food podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, senior food industry journalist and webinar moderator at xtalks.com. And this week, I'm joined by Aisha Rashid and Vera Kovacevic. Thanks so much for coming today. So I'm going to start us off with a very summary story um, and about a company you've probably all heard of called Driscoll's. And if that name rings a bell, it's because you've definitely seen them in the produce section of your grocery store. So Driscoll's, which is a global producer of fresh berries, is bringing back one of its most popular uh, berry types for the summer called rosé berries. And they're also introducing a new high flavor strawberry innovation called Tropical Bliss. So Tropical Bliss will join Rosé Berries and another uh, flavor called the Sweetest Batch, making Driscoll's the first fresh berry company to offer three different high flavor strawberries mapped to a proprietary sensory wheel. So in a company press release, um, Philip Stewart, who is Driscoll's Global Strawberry Breeding Director, said, With more than 70 years of strawberry breeding expertise, Driscoll's has one of the largest R&D centers dedicated to proprietary varieties. Creating only the finest berries is core to our innovation strategy, and we look forward to continuing to provide our consumers with quality, high-flavored berries. So Driscoll's curated collection of strawberries was developed through traditional breeding methods, and it doesn't have any GMOs either. And each flavor took around 20 years to perfect and commercialize, but it promises to bring even more joy to the experience of biting into a berry. So Rosé berries, sweetest batch, and the new Tropical Bliss strawberries were developed to deliver a premium produce experience that surprises and delights consumers with each bite. And of course, due to the seasonality of these three premium flavors, supplies are limited and only available in the spring and the summer. So rosé berries and sweetest batch were first introduced in 2019, and they immediately gained popularity among berry lovers. So the pink fruits were only sold in limited quantities at certain locations in Northern California in New York City. But since then, the company has expanded the rosé berries availability, and its website lists several large grocery chains that carry the berries. So rosé berries, uh, they're bred for their unique color and aromatic flavor, feature peachy, bright flavor notes akin to consumers' favorite summer wine, rosé. And with sweetest batch, Driscoll's was the first produce company to market a complete berry patch premium flavor offering across strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, and blueberries. And I thought it would be kind of fun uh, to try them on the podcast. I was at my grocery store yesterday and I actually was able to find sweetest batch um, in raspberries. So I've washed a few oh. um, and I think we'll give those a try. Um, nice. <laughs> I'll fill you in a little bit more before I do that, um, but I've got them all set and I'm excited to give them a try. So um, the new Tropical Bliss strawberries combine the classic flavors of sweet berries uh, and light flavor notes of tropical punch, pineapple and passion fruit. So this premium line of berries, uh, along with rosé berries and sweetest batch, they do command a premium price, um, of course, approximately double the price of Driscoll's conventional line since they are harder to grow and they come with a significant time and financial investment from Driscoll's. Um, And aside from what they're doing with berries, uh, Driscoll's innovation goes beyond just strawberry flavors. So it is partnered with Plenty Unlimited Inc. to build a new indoor vertical strawberry farm that aims to accelerate the growth of Driscoll's top crop by using Plenty's growing platform. As part of the partnership, Driscoll's strawberries were initially grown in a Wyoming farm which is uh, belonged to Plenty's. Um and it's the largest indoor plant science research facility of its kind. So Plenty uses Driscoll's proprietary genetics along with its own technology and plant science knowledge to grow the berries. And they use analytics, machine learning and customized lighting to deliver yields 150 to 350 times greater per acre than a standard strawberry field. So the two companies are going to be part of the budding vertical farming market, which is expected to witness a potential growth difference of 6.7 billion from 2021 to 2026 at a compound annual growth rate of 21.93%. So it's a very sprawling market, and I'm not surprised that Driscoll's is part of it. So now I think I'm going to try some of my uh, sweetest batch Mm -hmm. raspberries. Um, They look like typical raspberries um, and I have not tried them yet. So I'm going to select one of the juiciest ones.
2: I wish we could share in on this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Oh my goodness. They're quite sweet. Mm. i do love raspberries um and i will i think they actually are sweeter than typical raspberries they give you sort of that like punch to your cheek uh when you first bite into them and i will also say and this could have just been where i bought them from um they weren't as expensive as i thought they were going to be they were i think four, you know 4.49 for for Mm. a small pint um and i'm sure you guys have noticed that produce is very expensive these days as are other groceries um So it didn't seem too expensive, but I couldn't find the strawberries. Unfortunately, only the raspberries. But these are very good. And I will just point out that Driscoll's, uh, you know, we have no affiliation with them. I just found these myself (laughs) and I just wanted to give them a try. But they are fantastic. Um, So, yeah. What do you guys think about um, uh, Driscoll's sort of creating um, new strawberry and berry flavors and and innovating a field that has kind of remained the same since since the beginning of time? I think it's it's really cool, and and I will say I do notice a difference in the way that that these taste.
3: Wow. So, um, yeah, I think what they're doing is really creative, and then, of course, there's lots of science and experimenting behind it to get to get not only the color but the taste of the berry. Um, I do know sometimes in the wild, you know, you will come across like a strawberry that's that's light in color, but it's still ripe. <laughs> so maybe. Maybe that's where they got the um, idea from. But just wanted to ask you, like, what is their sensory wheel? Like, what is that? You know, where where they choose um, the high-flavor strawberries mapped to their sensory wheel.
1: So what I think that is um, I'm just I'm just finding it on uh, on their press release and I can I can read to you what it is. So what is a sensory wheel? Driscoll's Berry Patch Sensory Wheel are the first of their kind designed to capture the full sensory spectrum of tasting a berry. The Driscoll's strawberry sensory wheel helps educate consumers on all of the possible sensations they can expect when taking a bite of a Driscoll strawberry, including the high-flavor strawberry innovations of Sweetest Batch, Rosé Berries, and Tropical Bliss. There are dedicated sensory wheels for Driscoll strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. So just taking a look at it, um, it, it just looks like sort of a wheel with a bunch of different colors. And if you zoom in, um, it'll say, like, it, it, it goes into mouthfeel, texture, uh, taste, fruity, candied floral herbal green vegetal spice it's it's quite uh it's quite detailed so um they sort of i don't know who would actually use this as a guide before eating a berry as opposed to just taking a bite um and deciding for yourself what it would it tastes like but i think this is all sort of just part of their marketing uh campaign and i think they they want to give an idea consumers an idea of what to expect with these new strawberry flavors since we're also used to just eating the same old strawberries so, um, you know, if 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 you didn't want to just give it a try uh, without knowing what it kind of tasted like first, I guess you could look at this and uh, and and know what to expect. Cool.
2: Yeah, I think this is really cool. And, um, you know, I'm not surprised that Driscoll and probably other makers as well are trying to, you know, offer um, newer and different lines of uh, berry experiences, I guess, um, or different types of berries. And I was just reading that um, the global berry market is definitely... Um, on the rise, and they're expecting significant growth in the next, you know, couple of years. And so, I think um, personally, I've started eating a lot more berries and berries in the last couple of years as well. And you just always see them in in supermarkets. And so, um, having innovations and you know, greater offerings in in that area um is not surprising and it's exciting and it's uh, really cool that these companies are dedicating a lot of time and resources to try to you know up their uh berry games so this is really cool i'd definitely like to try them and also the fact that you know these are not gmo based and i know we can get into a whole discussion about gmos and things like that but um you know usually can a lot of consumers get kind of turned off when they see um products that are gmo um and this they say that you know they develop uh, through traditional breeding methods so it's um it's it's very cool and uh, just to you know get newer and different flavors so yeah i'd definitely like to try them too
1: yeah I, i i definitely agree um i saw while i was shopping yesterday not driscoll's but another uh, strawberry brand offering what looked mm. to be very similar to the rosé berries. They were those very like flush pink strawberries um, mm. going for about $9 a, a pint there. Mm. So uh, quite quite on the pricey yep. side. But I think you know, what I think Driscoll's is doing here is they're not trying to get you to replace your normal berries right. um, with these. I think they're just sort of a fun, uh, oh yeah, let's try this um, it, potentially for, for gatherings or, you know, in my case, I'm just eating them to myself. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think the point of these is is just to sort of, um, yeah, it, just innovate and, and not really necessarily just replace. Replace, the Yeah, rim, yeah. Right. It's, they're just, um, it's, it's really cool though. I, I really didn't think that I would witness like new flavors of 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 berries Absolutely. and right you know like we've we've known the same types of berries for so long and clearly they put a lot of time and money into developing these mm-hmm. um and i think um when we are introduced to something new like this certainly consumers are going to, to hop on the trend. And rosé berries, for sure, at least for, for the time being, are the most popular of, of the three. And they received a lot of attention uh, when they first came out and even now. So uh, it was actually kind of funny. I was I was reading about these. And and do you remember the trend of uh, millennial pink? It's just a, a shade of pink that's kind of bright uh, or sort of um, subdued, um, but like flush similar to the color of these strawberries. And I think... Mm. They released them at a time when this millennial pink was was really popular. So even though it doesn't have to do with the food and more just a design aesthetic, um, they definitely <laughs> released them at, at the right time. Um, but That's yeah, so funny. yeah. If, uh, if you guys do come across um, any varieties of uh, these strawberries um, or raspberries for that matter, I definitely recommend at least the sweetest batch. Uh, they're, they're really good and, and definitely sweeter than, uh, than a normal raspberry
2: so cool and they really do stand out like you know you're looking at them the just color wise you're just like wow like never seen a strawberry look like this right mm-hmm. and um i guess they're just i don't know much about strawberries but like i guess like you know in apples and other fruits you get you know different types but in strawberries yeah you, like you said you're just used to seeing the one you know very red ruby red you know strawberry um in terms of color and and stuff. So this is uh, definitely a very cool innovation.
1: All right, completely agreed with you on that one. Moving on to a different story. So I came across a company the other day called Planet Forward, and it is a carbon assessment startup. And it recently secured an investment of $10 million in a Series A funding round. Now, this will bring the company's total funding to $15.2 million. And the investment is going to be used to continue developing technology so that the $1.5 trillion consumer products industry can more accurately measure and reduce their carbon footprint. So what exactly is this company? So Planet Forward was founded only a few years ago in 2019 by Zoom Pizza co-founder Julia Collins, and it partners with consumer products companies to measure, reduce, and neutralize carbon emissions. The startup has granted carbon neutral certification to brands like Simple Truth, Healthy Hippo, Kiki Milk, and its own climate-friendly cracker line, Moonshot Snacks. So dozens of other food and beverage companies like Kashi, Just Salad, Numi Organic Tea, Toodaloo, and Sweet Lawrence are using Planet Forward's platform to advance their climate goals. And with a new climate disclosure proposal from the Securities and Exchange Commission, the company is expecting more demand in the pipeline. So how exactly does this platform work? So, Planet Forward's carbon management technology platform allows consumer brands to create a climate friendly company and products more easily and report their carbon footprint. The company's technology provides greenhouse gas protocol scope 3 emissions modeling capabilities to help brands address the emissions along their supply chain. So for example, if a brand wanted to launch a line of granola bars that is as low in emissions as possible, it could use Planet Forward's emissions reduction engine during the product development phase to understand how to change its supplier or its packaging supplier to a more efficient method. So in terms of reducing emissions, there are less than 100 months left to reach the 2030 global goal of cutting at least 40% of greenhouse gas emissions from 1990 levels. And household consumption of things like food, which impacts land, energy and water, account for 60% of global emissions, according to a 2015 study. So obviously, in this case, time is of the essence, so companies are scrambling to find better solutions for carbon management. And retailers are beginning to pay more attention and are prioritizing brands that are motivated, sustainable and willing to adapt and, you know, overhaul their operations. So as a result, the past year has been one of growth for Planet Forward, which is now working with 25 clients. So meanwhile, the Series A funding round was led by Acre Venture Partners and Congruent Ventures and includes participation from existing investors like BBG Ventures, and they previously led the startup's 2020 seed round of $2.7 million. And just to go into a little more detail of what the funding will cover, but it will be deployed into the company's ongoing development of its data, including building out its climate science team, and it will also go into product development such as more predictive emissions reduction and supporting new and existing customers. So I thought this company was really cool um, and definitely, I I don't wanna say trendy, But it's both trendy and necessary since a lot of consumers um, across the spectrum are looking for companies uh, that actually prioritize their carbon emissions and, you know, take these things into consideration. And I've previously written about um, a few companies that have gone completely carbon neutral. um, And I will say companies, uh, especially food companies, they, they can never do these things alone. They'll always need help from uh, companies like Planet Forward and others to, first of all, uh, grant them this, uh, you know, climate-neutral certification, but also help them actually along the way to uh, report and keep track of their carbon emissions and just help them find different suppliers and other things like that. So in the past, I've written about um, three companies that have gone carbon neutral, like Maple Leaf Foods, Yorkshire Tea, and a bread company called Bread Alone. Um, But I think it's evidently, it's very clear that companies are going to need to really take this into consideration in the future. Um, And I think Planet Forward uh, recognizes this and they're helping companies do so. So yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on, uh, on this company and others that are trying to help food and beverage companies go carbon neutral? obviously uh food and beverage is a very uh carbon emissions heavy industry um and it's one that isn't going away anytime soon so we definitely need to uh pick up the pace uh with with things like this so what are your what are your guys thoughts
3: yeah i never heard of a like a startup company that just specializes in this usually i thought that you know food and beverage companies would contact like a consulting company um and then talk to consultants that are specialized in like understanding how to reduce the carbon footprint. Like, I didn't know that there was actually a startup that was dedicated to this. Am I understanding this correctly? Could this also be done by a, in, like a consultant?
1: Yes, Vera, you're absolutely right. Uh, I'm sure there actually are other startups that um, do this, but they have only emerged pretty recently and food companies definitely have been working with other consulting agencies. Uh, but but my understanding is that there's only probably a few uh, companies that can grant food and beverage brands uh, certification. So I think whether and I think that also builds trust to work with a, a trusted organization that does do this as opposed to, you know, internally saying things uh, that may not necessarily be true but yeah this is this is a startup um, that like I said was founded in 2019 so pretty recently um, that I think it, it does work with food and beverage brands and other consumer uh, products companies but I think it it's giving them a platform to sort of do the work themselves as opposed to like relying on another agency um, so that they can you know, be independent and, and like I said, yeah, just, just do the work using their platform.
2: Yeah, I think um, it's great that, you know, you have these kinds of carbon consulting um, and assessment companies that are, um, you know, helping food industry companies to, uh, to achieve, you know, those carbon emission goals and then provide certification. I think it really lends legitimacy to the whole carbon neutral or, carbon or reducing carbon emission kind of um, goals of, of companies because it's, yeah, I mean, I think sort of up until now, Now it's kind of been, I mean, maybe from our perspective as consumers and people not, you know, directly from the food industry, it's kind of like a bit wishy-washy in terms of what does carbon neutral really mean and how are these companies achieving this? So, you know, it's cool that it's really great that, you know, you have these companies that are um, specializing in uh, you know, really providing the tools and sort of the the, the means to reduce and uh, measure and neutralize carbon emissions in a systematic way. And so that's, um, it's really cool. I, I actually didn't know that there were companies out there,
1: but it totally makes sense um, that there are yeah and and what I'll add is that you know they're not at least this company Planet Forward they're not just working with small food companies either like Mm. they they work with Kashi uh, the the granola and and cereal company and they work with Just Salad which is a very large salad chain in the US so it I think it goes to show that no matter the size of company there's no better time to start now partnering um, or figuring out a plan for how you're going to deal with your emissions Um, and there are certain more tools now than ever to to help you along the way so um like i said time is definitely of the essence to sort of reach these climate goals um and uh, i think now is the best time uh we have more technology and assessment tools than ever uh to sort of get get ahead on this and also another thing is that a lot of like i said a lot of consumers really care about um you know companies that prioritize uh their carbon emissions and, um, and how environmentally friendly they are. And, um, while we do sort of have trust in, in certain brands, I think this adds another layer of it, uh, or, an adds adds another layer to it, uh, I would say. All right. That's the end of this episode of the X-Talks Food Podcast. If you like today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye.
3: Bye. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the X-Talks Food Industry
0: Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X-Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com.